The most intimidating holiday of the year, Valentine's Day. We chat with two sex coaches about how to reconnect with your body and become a better partner both in and out of the bed for the person you love. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. Welcome to episode 133, Because Sex Isn't Ever Just About Sex. I'm T. So A is in Europe, as we've said in some previous episodes. Uh, so I'm flying solo, but she sent us this really fun clip that will, you know, keep you all in the loop with what she's up to. Um, before we get to what she's up to, I took the time to make a post on social media on Facebook and Instagram at TA Talk Sex asking you all uh, what you have done on Valentine's Day to make your partners feel special. Because I, as I mentioned, it can be such a daunting holiday. I mean, everyone feels pressured. So I wanted to generate ideas and kind of get people thinking about how creative they can get. Um, so I just want to say at C Gina Marie 27 definitely wins the MVP award for most active, exciting Valentine's Day. Um, I don't know activist. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to read you guys a couple of things. Okay. At Senior Germany, Gina Marie 27 says, I've always loved Valentine's Day. I'm a mom of eight girls, all from the same marriage, and we make this day a huge event in our home. I've always wanted the girls to see a healthy sex life modeled by their parents, as well as celebrating that day with them doing cute, fun things. It has helped them to also not look at Valentine's Day as the couple's day. One time I sent my husband an invitation at work for a special night to look forward to we had my mother-in-law take the kids for the night so the house was empty when he got to the house he had instructions to get dressed in the garage i had a heater going and a nice outfit laid out when he came in i was wearing a cocktail dress and heels and we started our dinner with a salad one plate one fork on a little bed made up in front of a fire after that i changed into lingerie and overalls i had rehearsed a country song and did a striptease after having sex in front of the fire, I had decorated the bedroom and that's where we had the main course. I had it kept warm in a warming dish. Uh, we ate dinner in bed and played a card game that I modified. It's called Spite or Malice. Each time we were able to get rid of a card during our turn, we got 30 seconds of pleasure requests per card. That was used in a round. This builds on the foreplay and made it easy to communicate what we wanted. It's so hot having to tell him what to do. We didn't make it through the game before we were climbing all over each other. Cards stuck on us all. Lastly, we finished it in a bubble bath, sharing a chocolate cheesecake, all clean and ready for round three. Um, okay, so I think you guys can see why I call her the MVP. <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to say that that uh, I have never done anything so elaborate, and she has definitely gone above and beyond. Um, I'm trying to think, for me personally... Uh, not Valentine's Day, but you know, once a boyfriend hid Easter, like chocolate Easter eggs all over the house. And he left me this really cute note that I found on my own and was like, good luck finding your eggs. Um, so I think as always, these holidays are so about like, what do you do specifically and the time and effort you're putting in to show your partner that you care? Uh, okay, so we're gonna read a couple more. Um, so uh, same person. She has a couple examples because she dedicates so much time to this specific holiday. Uh, okay, so it's hard for me to just pick one because I have so many fun memories of Valentine's Day. This Valentine's was awesome because it kind of turned out like a disaster. I think that when things go wrong, it just adds to the fun. I cleared off our kitchen table, put down my exercise mat, then put a tablecloth on top of it. Next to the table, I had a display of chocolate-covered strawberries and champagne chilling in a champagne stand next to the table. 
I cut out shapes of hearts out of construction paper and made a trail going from the front door into the kitchen to the table. A, I lit little tea lights and placed them on top of each other on top of each of the hearts. So there was a heart shaped illuminated trail to his final destination. I climbed up on top of the table and told him to call me when he got around the corner from our house. I thought the concept of wearing a whipped cream bikini when he arrived would be fun. It was the funniest thing ever as a whipped cream melt as the whipped cream melts the moment it hits your skin. When he came in, I was giggling and I had whipped cream dripping all over me, constantly trying to put more on top. It was so fun. He walked in the door and he, we, uh, and he couldn't get his clothes off fast enough to climb up on the kitchen table. And it really didn't matter because you're both this wonderful sticky sweetness. It was sexy fun. Uh, totally hilarious. I feel like now uh, most people will avoid the bikini of whipped cream since it will melt. Um, <laughs> but uh, gosh, I don't know. I think honey is a good fun food. I think Nutella gets like way too messy from personal experience. Um, but anyway, hilarious. Great ideas. I love the candles. Uh, okay. Uh, at Astrid is famous. Um, I dressed as a sexy fairy and was the blowjob fairy. Enough said. That's perfect. Totally hilarious. Um, I love like the comedy in all of these, uh, but also just again, the attention to detail. Okay. Uh, another one from at C. C Gina Marie 27. The anticipation of creating the sexy atmosphere for us in this special day gets me so aroused. Even when things don't go as planned, it still makes for an awesome time. I bought a fog machine and decided to do a striptease to the song steam. Once again, clearing the kids out of the house, I began to prepare. As he was on his way to my mother-in-law's, I began to prepare, oh, right, uh, prepare, thinking that I would have enough time. I began to get myself ready and decorated the house, and I started running out of time. I called my neighbor to help me light candles. I bought a cheap bag of 100 tea light candles, and uh, having a lot of kids, we are always cost-effective and usually labor-intensive. I learned that this was not the best thing to do. Take note, don't skimp on the candles, as I found out later, cheap candles burn off a residue. Uh, thanks for the note. Um, when he got to the porch, there was a candle lit next to a package with his name on it. He opened the package and there was a blindfold. Instructions in the package were to ring the doorbell and then put on the blindfold. Take note. Oh, right. Got it. Uh, I led him blindfolded to the back of the house into our bedroom and sat him down on a chair. He did not know that I had bought a fog machine. So when I turned on the music and he saw all the candles and the fog, he had a mixture of emotions between being turned on and very concerned about what was happening at our house. In the middle of my routine, my routine, we set off the fire alarm, which was hilarious because my neighbor could hear the alarm going off and knew exactly what had happened. Uh, and somehow even that was a turn on. It didn't take away from the experience and we enjoyed the rest of the evening. Okay. Hilarious. Uh, I don't know why strip teases make me shy, but that's what those strip classes are for that we did a show on not long ago <laughs> to get you comfortable with sort of expressing yourself in that way. Um, it's absolutely beautiful when you watch someone strip tease, uh, in my personal opinion. Okay. Uh, all right. A couple more because they're just so good. Okay. Because Valentine's day is always so busy. We often would plan a different day to do something. I surprised my husband a couple days before Valentine's day with lunch. I got my hair and my makeup and put on high heels and just a trench coat. I came into his office and visited with his coworkers and nobody knew I was totally naked underneath my coat. I had packed a picnic lunch. I took him in our van and we drove to a park entrance. After we sipped champagne and ate our lunch, I took off my coat. It was awesome. Uh, it was raining and we continued to fog up the windows, which 
landed for some privacy and all allowed for some privacy and also totally gave away what we were doing in the van. Luckily we didn't get caught, but it was very sexy sneaking away. Then he returned to work feeling larger than life. Um, love it. Super inspirational. If you all want to surprise your uh, partner at work on Tuesday, go for it. Um, I think it also is a great idea to pick a different day since, um, since, you know, the weekend uh, is good since this Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday. Um, and then, okay, there's one that is so tender and sweet. And I think, you know, thoughtful and dealing with sort of heavier issues. Um, so at mecap underscore oh four writes the fellow that I'm dating battles depression. So often he thinks he's unworthy of my love and will retreat into his man cave. Of course I tell him every day how much I love him, but still he wonders why. So I decided to have a 25 page book printed up with characters that look like us listing all the reasons why I love him. So anytime he's having a hard day or feeling down, he can pull out his book and be reminded. There's a company called at love book online that can print customizable books with love messages, etc. So again, that's at love book online. Uh, love that. That is so sensitive and personal and intimate. And I think all of those examples were, uh, so I think at the root of it, um, you know, what can you do that's personal and specific and not maybe just buying chocolates, um, which everyone loves chocolate. Don't get me wrong. Just, you know, how do you take it a step further? Anyway, now we're going to hear from Stephanie A, who is our caboose of the TNA show. Uh, sometimes people aren't sure, but TNA is short for tits and ass. I mean, it's sort of a play on word, not sort of, it is a play on words. So I'm very sad not to have her with us, but she has some really fun little tidbits and also her personal recommendation for Valentine's day or her preference, what she likes to do. Uh, and also if you guys stay tuned after the first break, we will also share a promo code from next week's guest, Jack Jones, who owns the sex shop sugar so you can find her information at sugartheshop.com uh and anyway we're going to provide a code for you guys pre-valentine's day and then we'll hear more about her experience next week in the meantime stephanie please let us know what you have been up to in europe hey everybody a here reporting from paris france and i am staying in the lovely apartment of my dear friends from very long ago and in fact, I have actually been staying with friends the entire time I've been abroad. I've been in England and uh, now Paris. And it's been really interesting because I have been so intimately close to so many different relationship dynamics um, with different couples and families as I've been hosted by each different um family member from a friend or whatnot as we as we have traveled along throughout the days and weeks and it's been really really fascinating and I was talking with a my girlfriend who's been on part of the trip with me for a little bit actually she's the immigrant from previous episodes you may know her and she and I were discussing it and it's been it's the relationship dynamics have run the gamut from like really really distressed relationships to really really beautiful relationships and one thing that we sort of sussed out that was interesting was that the common pain point for each of these dynamics was um, boiled down to a lack of willingness to communicate from one party or the either out of what appears to be um, either laziness or fear so I, I, it's just been really interesting and eye-opening to see, and I'm really grateful that I've been able to witness 
um, all of these different types of um, relationships and dynamics. The other cool thing is that I have been surrounded by kids, which uh, I don't know if you can hear my little cold, but that's uh, remnants from those little munchkins. And it, that's actually been a really interesting experience, too. I, like, literally every home I go to, there are kids. And I've never lived with kids full-time since I've been one. And I've been with infants from, like, three months old all the way to 10 years, um, 10 years old. And it's been really beautiful because for the first time, you guys may think I'm crazy, but for the first time in, like, my adult life, I, I, I start to see, I'm starting to see the joys that having kids in your daily life can bring the potential for that. And that has been a beautiful eye-opener and might have even put in a little bug of, hmm, maybe I want this someday. It's very, very small, and it would totally depend on um, the partner that I have in my life. So that's been interesting and a really beautiful experience. Um, Travel has not been without its stresses. I've had a lot of fires at home to put out. Uh, back in LA, but uh, it looks like things are on the up and up. And I've actually been working a lot, um, finishing up this video series on Central Massage that I am proud to say after many uh, sleepless nights of work are finally, finally ready for you guys. Um, yay, toast. I need a total, I need a bottle of champagne after that. But I'm I'm really excited that they're ready for Valentine's Day because this is a great thing that you guys can do together or you can cram and watch the videos yourself. It's like the total is about an hour long and you can surprise your partner with your brand new mastery of the sensual touch. So they're only $37 right now, which is a special price for, for all you listeners to say thank you for being there. And that's going to go up later when I get back and we do a harder launch. But you can go to stephanieallen.com slash massage to get them right now. Or you can also go to tatalksex.com and you, there's a link for them there as well. Um, okay. And I know it's Valentine's Day week and you guys are talking about what to do for your special person for Valentine's Day and your favorite or like best experiences. I know there's been a lot of listeners who have written in sharing your experiences and that's so awesome. It's been really beautiful to see. Um, And so I thought I'd share mine. And for me, I don't really recall any one specific Valentine's Day that sticks out in my mind, but generally speaking... Um, I like to keep it simple only because when it starts to feel like prom and like there's so many like different puzzles to whatever's going on in our plans and and there's pressure and either you're uncomfortable, he's uncomfortable or I'm uncomfortable because I'm afraid that it's not going to work out, then it kind of like it makes me anxious and then I can't really sit down and really enjoy the experience. So I prefer to... I like to make it a special time, but I like to do that by, I really like to go away and have like a getaway. And that to me creates more intimacy. Um, I know financially sometimes that's not super easy. So whatever I can do to create um, a feeling that our space or this night or whatever we're doing is special or different from what we normally do. Even if it's just getting dressed up in black tie and going to a restaurant that we normally or have never gone to or something like that. Um, I totally love lingerie and I love wrapping myself up in something delicious and beautiful. 
and uh, I love having him unwrap me. And um, I also love strip teasing because I love dancing and I love erotic dance. And so um, I love to do that as well. Just sit him in a chair and tease the shit out of him is very fun. Um, so that's my take on Valentine's Day. I really look forward to hearing the episode and I miss the show. I miss you guys, but I'm really happy to be hearing all your comments on my Instagram and seeing all the emails coming in. So thank you for keeping in touch. And if you guys want um, to stay updated with me on my travels and uh, what I'm up to and where I'm going next, because I have no idea, um, you can check me out on Instagram at the real Stephanie Allen. Um, also, all my social media stuff is at stephanieallen.com. And you can follow me there. Okay, ciao with you later. A bientôt, mes chéries. Bisous. Lesai, what will I do without my work wife? We are going to take a quick break now, but when we get back, we're talking with Amy Weisfeld and Jackie Meldrum, who are sex and relationship coaches, and they teach a master lover mindset course that I just think is so rad, and they do such cool work. And we will hear about what that all entails when we get right back. Welcome back to TNA Talk Sex. I mentioned earlier, our guest next week is Jack Jones, who owns sugartheshop.com. And she offered us a 10% discount uh, plus free lubricant if you guys use the promo code T&A. Um, so that's Tanda, essentially, T-A-N-D-A, again, for 10% off with free lubricant um, at the shop, sugartheshop.com. If you guys are going to buy fun toys for your lovers, uh, you know, get them before Valentine's Day. We are talking with Amy Weisfeld and Jackie Meldrum, who have their own um, workshop that they do called Master Lover Mindset. And it really... Uh, is geared towards helping men become better lovers. Uh, and I think it's, anyway, it's, it's just incredible. They have a site called joyfulselflove.com. And then Jackie's site is makingyourownbed.com. And um, thank you, ladies, for joining me. So Amy is uh, a Betty Dodson body sex facilitator and orgasm coach. Jackie is a sex and relationship coach um, trained in Somatica method. And, um, and anyway, thank you guys for joining us. I feel like with the, like I said, intimidating holiday around the corner, uh, I think this is a great way for people to connect with everyone, uh, connect with their partners, like in a new inventive way. And, um, and also if they are interested in getting more in depth with you all that you guys have workshops that actually hands on work on this stuff. Yay. We're so happy to be here. Thank you so much. These, uh, the workshops that Jackie and I are running are experiential and educational for men who desire more. And it's about becoming your best erotic self and driving your partner crazy. So Valentine's Day is a you know great time to be talking about this. Yeah, I mean, I do definitely want to experience lots of arousal with my partner. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> on that note, um, I just want to run by what does it mean to be a Betty Dodson body sex facilitator, Amy? What is that for our listeners? 
Well, Betty Dodson, uh, you may know of as the mother or even the grandmother uh, of masturbation. She's been running these consciousness-raising uh, body sex workshops since the 70s, really. And they're focused on uh, women, number one. They're for women only. And they're around um, ditching body shame, embracing pleasure, and uh, finding yourself sexually, finding what you like and your uh, your voice, if not necessarily your orgasm. It might be finding your orgasm also. For many women, it is. But really, it focuses on ditching, uh, ditching body shame and embracing pleasure for the female. Okay, and uh, thank you. And Jackie, you, uh, you're you trained in Somatica method, so I wanted to clarify what that means. Absolutely. Um, the Somatica method was actually co-created by two uh, fantastic women out of the Bay Area, um, Danielle Harrell and Celeste Hirschman. And um, the Somatica method, and I'm actually just going to read it um, definition-wise because it's so fantastic. Um, it's a holistic and loving, um, systematic approach to sex and relationship coaching that invites people to move beyond shame, clarify their needs and boundaries so that they can live more emotionally connected and erotically embodied lives and experience the joy and satisfaction of great sex and authentic relationships. Nice. Uh, so can you guys tell me a little bit about how you came to host these workshops? I feel like for anyone who hasn't been in this world or is just dipping their toe in, it's like, you're doing what? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, yeah, like, how did you all get into this? And why should someone feel comfortable doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way that um, I came about it was actually... Um, through working with two other colleagues that I actually took my core training with. Um, that was Janae Paylet and Kai Wu. We actually created the um, agenda, but it is somatica-based as far as their theory and exercises. And then I was lucky enough to be able to come across my beautiful colleague, partner, friends, Amy here. <laughs> and I recently moved back to the Pacific Northwest, and so essentially – with her help, we are wanting to bring that agenda and that movement here to the men of, the, of this area, the Portland-Vancouver area. And, of course, way beyond that, you know, we, we want to make sure we're getting this message as, as far of a reach as we possibly can because it's, it's just so powerful. So along those lines, if I can just add, um, Jackie and I met through a colleague and, you know, the body sex stuff is really in service of women. It's about um, being, it's about learning your, learning about yourself and, and embracing yourself, loving yourself. And so when Jackie and I first met, you know, I was working with women. She was working with uh, both men and women. And we both really had an interest in expanding or bringing what we learned about ourselves and our own sexuality and, and womanhood um, to men and to relationships. So I sort of jokingly say that the, the Master Lovers Mindset Workshop is, is for men, but in service of women. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we get a little laugh out of that, but uh, it's been very well received by men and, and certainly um, both single uh, men and men who have been in longtime relationships uh, have both benefited and, and taken the workshop. So it's been pretty cool. Do you, I guess I'm curious about the men that do seek this out and, um, and, where, what are their points of frustration? Like what brought them to you guys? 
So it's really varied. Um, we have had, um, you know, I, I think for starters, just to say that it's about continuous learning and lifelong learning. So there doesn't necessarily need to be a, a problem per se, but it's typically somebody who's interested in uh, growth and awareness um, around both themselves and their sexuality. Um, the men who have come, uh, one man was in a longtime marriage and um, just sort of struggling with intimacy had, I think kind of, he and his partner had sort of lost their groove over time and he was looking to spice things up. Uh, another gentleman was in kind of more of a swinger or poly relationship and really just looking to uh, further enhance intimacy and connection. Uh, one guy actually had recently been diagnosed with prostate cancer and was looking for um, ways to extend, I would say, his virility beyond penetration. Uh, I don't know, can you think of other examples, Jackie? Is there anybody? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, this is kind of a more general piece of what I've seen is um, men just have such a, a huge question mark around women and how to come to their body, to their hearts, um, to the emotional side. Um, they just get so lost around it. And any enlightenment that a man can get around that, um, that's there's so much... There's just so much gratitude I've noticed in our workshops uh, around getting any information to help um, navigate that better. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I find one of the biggest issues, of course, is um, asking your partner what she wants. Often she doesn't know how to articulate that. So it can be a bit of a dead end, right? Right. Yep. Right. And and those are men who are really doing the right thing, right? They're they're broaching the conversation, they're communicating, and we want them to be rewarded for that, right? Like, we want to encourage that kind of um, behavior. And it's, I mean, Jackie and I have been through this ourselves, too, you know, getting in touch with, with ourselves as, as females and as women and finding our voices. Um, and, and so one of the things that we talk about in our workshop is how to encourage that in your partner. Um, for women who maybe haven't uh, already found their voices. Yeah. Um, Amy, I really loved your story of how you came to this type of work, that you were married and have kids and were so far from this. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah, sure. So I am uh, middle-aged, <laughs> which can mean, I know now, you know, it means older and older these days. But uh I have been happily married for 23 years and, uh, well, let's say maybe 21 years out of those 23 when you take in all the days that weren't so hot, um, <laughs> but happily married for a good long time. And I would say that I was a, uh, I was a lot of things, T. I was a, I was a mother. I was a wife. I was a sister. I was a friend. I was involved in politics. I had a business, um, very, you know, very involved in a lot of different things, but I really was never myself as a, as a woman. I was never a sexual creature. And my husband would say, you know, I have, I, I have, a, like I said, a pretty good marriage. And he would say, you're so beautiful. I love you so much, but I never internalized that. I never felt sexy. And I, I lost myself in the, if I ever even had myself, I lost myself in the, the busyness of, of life. And um, it, it took a couple of things to jar me out of that and wake me up. I was essentially sleepwalking through my life. And, um, and I, am, I feel alive and connected. 
and I, I really walk through life in a very different way than I did before. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful, amazing thing. I want everybody to feel that way, you know? Yeah. How do you make sure that you don't slide back into the old you, if you will, like it's staying connected with yourself? Is it just, you know, because you have workshops, it keeps you in check? Or, you know, do you have moments where you go, wait a minute, I'm neglecting myself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think all of us have those moments where we get um, subsumed by just the busyness of life. Um, I will say that I have a, I try to have a daily practice now. And I, and I also have, I try to have a masturbation practice, which I never had before because I'm in a long-term relationship and I have a lot of sex. I neglected, um, myself. And so my, my daily practices are really more weekly for me are to make sure that I find time to focus on myself as a sexual person. And that is primarily a masturbation practice, but it can be as simple as, you know, a, a regular meditation, um, I go for run, you know, I'm a runner. So that, that time running is meditative, but I really try to bring some element of sexuality into my life on a regular basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> hard to do, easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, even for me, like I was, it just reminded me of, you know, the other day I was masturbating and, uh, I was like hard to orgasm. Like I just wasn't there. And I thought, wow, my mind is so far from being aroused or relaxed or, I mean, I think sometimes it can just be a great check-in with yourself. Like how, um, centered am I in the present or am I having some issues that I wasn't even aware of? I feel like they show up in the fact that I wasn't orgasming. Yeah. Although I will say for me, um, I try, I really try not to be goal focused. I try not to focus on the orgasm. So even when I masturbate, it's more about just loving myself and embracing my, my body and my mind and my pleasure and less about getting off. Um, although, you know, certainly that's great. And I, I love it when, when that happens, but it doesn't always happen. And I, and I try to let that go. Like, that's not the point. The point is for me to just spend time on myself and in, enjoying being in my, in my body and my presence. And it, it becomes, uh, sort of a spiritual practice really. Yeah. You, Jackie's not, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you bring up a good point about actually, uh, not, not needing to orgasm in order to enjoy your body and be present with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we, so much of us go, Oh, masturbating is for that end goal or like just to finish it up because you're, you're not having sex right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to these awesome workshops that you do with men. Um, and, and we kind of talked about, you know, what type of guys are coming to your workshop, but do you find, are, are there common emotional blocks that come up or, or challenging areas for, for the men to be in an open place on this kind of topic? Yeah, every single workshop. Yes. Yes. And yes. It's really hard. It's first hard to uh, look inward. It doesn't matter if you're in a workshop or not. It's always challenging to, um, to check in with yourself and ask some really hard questions. Um, and, um, as, as safe a container as we create for our men and give them, you know, so much permission to be who they are, be in their moment and feel safe with us. Um, they, what's great about that space is they can't, they do notice, they can see where they actually have some issues, um, connecting even as simple as deep eye contact maybe as simple as very light eye contact. 
um, it can be extremely, um, you know, moving and um, really, really eye-opening for these guys, if you will, around um, different different dynamics that they never really had considered before. Um, just even uh, the piece of boundaries that they are allowed to have boundaries. What does a boundary look like for them? Um, you know, noticing that maybe they never had a boundary before. And so they, they tend to uh, maybe let life and let people run over them. And um, there's a real enlightenment. There's a, a moment of real uh, clarity that comes through around um, a new voice in, in what's going on with their bodies. Cool. I, I would say I would say the consistent things that we've seen are um, rejection. Mm-hmm. You know how did how how does it feel? How to deal with rejection? What are some coping mechanisms for um, you know moving from rejection to reassurance, as Jackie likes to say? Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of a common a common theme. Um, and then the other thing that's pretty common is um, not always being able to connect as deeply as they want. And I, I think sometimes that comes from um, just this macho sort of persona that men feel they need to always have where they're not really supposed to be vulnerable or show that they want uh, or crave or need intimacy and connection. And so men kind of get boxed into this paradigm. And that's another thing that is, is pretty common for, you know, that, that comes up during the workshop Absolutely. for men. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find from doing the workshops that more that that the differences between men and women are maybe less and less, or do you see some very strong differences? Oh, I I feel like we're so much more similar than we ever could have imagined. I feel like. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, one of the things that we that we talk about in the workshop and try to teach men is that even though there's a lot of variation, obviously in individuals one thing that pretty much everybody wants is to be desired, right? To feel that somebody desires them and then also to be desirous. And I think, again, talking about like sort of cultural norms for women, the cultural norm is women aren't supposed to want sex. You know, we're, we're giving that blowjob because uh, the man expects it or we're in service of the man, not really because we want to, which is, is, you know, just not, not always true. I mean, sometimes it's true, but many times the woman gives a blowjob because she wants to give a blowjob, right? And so it's it's that sort of the, the Madonna whore continuum where, and people are, are not always at one end or the other. There's a lot of space in between and teaching men that women, you know, women like and want sex just as much and sometimes more than, than the man does. You know what? I And I think we haven't even touched on it that much in our own show, but um well, maybe in our blowjob episode, but I, I think it's so interesting, the the assumptions that go around it, which is, um, of course, a blowjob actually can be arousing and a turn on for the person performing it in the same way that men get turned on and want to penetrate you from having oral sex, right? Like if they're down on you, it's like to know you intimately. And I think that that's, I, I don't hear enough talk around the actual pleasure of a blowjob outside of just, oh, I'm, I'm doing it because I want to give him pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I would go as far as to say it's, um, for me, I, I would say it was a skill set. I needed to learn how to be in my own arousal in order to really enjoy giving a blowjob. I had to learn 
where do I need to go around fantasy or maybe how I'm touching him or how I'm touching myself in order that I could be down there, you know, have, you know, have that intimate knowledge, be doing that action, having him in my mouth and stay aroused so that I could be down there as long as I wanted, not for as long as he wanted me there. Nicely said. Yeah, I think for me, it took a long time before I even accepted it as something that was, I, I don't know, pleasure for both of us. I had a lot of fear around the uh, um, the power dynamic of it that I feel like dominates our culture when it comes to oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think that goes like one of the skills that we teach in the workshop is um, this, what what Jackie calls the six modalities of touch, different types of touch. And one of the important, I think maybe the most important part is, isn't really necessarily the type of touch, but the fact that you're touching for your pleasure, not for your partner's pleasure. And that to me, I mean, that's a whole different mindset. And that goes right along with what we're talking about here with, with blowjobs or even just, you know, giving, giving oral sex, as opposed to it being a, a performance or a gift, you're doing something that you enjoy because, because you enjoy it, right? You're giving yourself pleasure. And if, if it gives your partner pleasure as well, then, you know, great bonus for both of you. Right. And we do teach that in our workshop for these guys. We, we teach them and our technical turn in somatica is touching for your own pleasure. Um, we go over that a lot. Cool. Uh, and I guess the philosophy also being like, if you are turned on, then your partner will feel turned on because you're excited. Absolutely. The energy is absolutely incredible. It's visceral. You both can feel it. You could both get carried up in it. And um, there's just nothing like it. Um, okay, we're going to take a break quickly. But but uh, okay, when we come back, I want to talk about um, how we experience pleasure, like we're, what you're just talking about right now, and, and that feedback loop. Um, and, uh, and of course, more about what happens in the workshop. And I have a question about uh, a friend of mine and, and getting him to open up in a way uh, and how he mm -hmm. views. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so but before I go, I just want to run by your websites again. Um, you can go to joyfulselflove.com to find more information about what you guys both do, um, Amy and Jackie, as well as makingyourownbed.com. Um, and uh, and the workshop for Master Lover Mindset is there as well. Uh, and um, you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And you can find our information on social media at TA Talk Sex. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. Of course, A is abroad in Europe, and you can find all of uh, her adventures on our social media at TA Talk Sex. Um, and uh, we're talking with Amy and Jackie from joyfulselflove.com uh, and makingyourownbed.com. It's a, a workshop-based platform, right, to spread more love and, and good sex. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so coming back uh, from the topic you guys were just on about, you know, if you're creating touch for yourself and pleasure for yourself, I, you know, I think it's interesting because for me as a woman, um, I, I've experienced a number of men who it's almost like the opposite spectrum where they are dedicated to giving me pleasure, but in such a way that they're 
almost sacrificing themselves or like this thing where they're doing all the great things for me, but they don't make a sound, right? Like they're completely silent or they're, and and so it almost feels like a little like worker in the mine or something. And they're, you know, and I I can't tell that they're getting pleasure from my pleasure. And, and then I feel sad. (laughs) Super disappointing. Yeah. I would say, um, gosh, it's to be able to, come together in that energy, it's, it's definitely difficult. It definitely means that you have to learn how to get more vulnerable with yourself and be able to speak up and ask your partner, Hey, how are you doing down there? Or how are you doing here with me? Um, you know, I'm, I, I really want to know that you're enjoying this. I really, your pleasure is super important to me. And, um, if I know that you're in your pleasure and you're being pleased and you're having a great time, that's going to help make room for me and my pleasure. Do you, uh, okay, what do I, I want to ask about, so I have a friend where I've ended up in conversations with him and I feel like I'm not handling it very well, even as a co-host of a sex podcast, <laughs> uh, where we're talking about communication and relationships all the time. But it's interesting because I think that, um, and I bring him up because I think he represents a kind of an emotional roadblock a lot of us uh, have in America, which is um, the kind of the privacy and intimacy of love and this feeling of why well, I, I don't I wouldn't seek out this kind of thing because, um, you know, when I meet someone who it's right with, then it is right and it will work. And I guess I wanted you all to maybe comment on that a little bit and and. I mean, they, you know, in some ways he's views it as like a philosophy. Is there a way to, I don't know, open up conversation around that or, or how, you know, how does that make you guys feel? Well, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Um, if you don't mind, Jackie, well, I think the first thing is just like awareness of yourself, which we talked about a fair bit already, but you know, how to harness your own erotic energy and your own power. And I feel like, um, you know, we're not really taught that we're not, we're not really taught how to get in touch with ourselves and how to feel, uh, you know, just just raw sexual power emanating from within. And I, I think that that's a skill that really needs to be taught. Um, and it sounds like maybe that's something that your friend expects to just have happen, you know, sort of automatically with the right person. And the truth is that we need to practice and learn lots of things. I mean, if I were to go out and try to fix, uh, you know, my lawnmower, for example, I wouldn't just whatever open the hood. I don't even know if a lawnmower has a hood. I would, <laughs> I would go to YouTube and I would, you know, and I would maybe, you know, if I'm too embarrassed to talk with friends, I would look it up online. I would seek the help of a professional, and I would, and that's really, you know, that's the same thing with sex and and with things that are intimate. We don't, we're not taught those things. So I feel like that you know, learning how to harness your own energy and power is number one. And then being brave enough to, to face rejection and be vulnerable in opening yourself up to connection, which is like the second piece of that, right? That connecting energetically and spiritually with another human being and, and learning how to, how to connect. It's not something that just always automatically happens. We have to learn how to foster that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really just going to piggyback on, on Amy and not say too much more about that. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. It's, um, it, there's that piece of actually being able to be brave and really, um, really look inward a little bit and ask yourself, well, wait a second, what, what do I need? What's going to work for me in this relationship or this sexual situation and gaining some awareness, um, which again, it, it is, it does, 
take a, a bit of bravery to be able to look inward and do that. And I think what Amy said is so spot on around being brave to um, look at the, the possible rejection, being brave to look at the areas where you're ex- maybe extremely, um, you know, afraid to look at the, the places in your life where you really kind of know you're stuck, but want to be unstuck so you can get more pleasure, so you can get more connection um, before you're even getting into partnership. Things like doing a Master Lover Mindset Workshop or, <laughs> you know, um, podcasts, you know, with TNA, things like this, the education and the awareness and taking steps to be more so, um, so that you have a better sense of who you are and what you want and you can express that. Uh, so with men in particular, I feel like they have to face rejection more often in terms of having, you know, having to make the first move, this kind of idea. Um what are some of the tools you guys recommend? I don't know, you know, how, how does someone cope with rejection without, you know, calling it quits or, or, or the humiliation of it, right? I mean, that's, that's the worst part, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that will, doesn't it shut us all down so fast? I mean, yeah, poor, my heart always goes out to guys. I mean, they, they really do. It's, it's a really tough dynamic. Um, I'm actually going to let Amy speak a little bit more about this. Um, do you- <laughs> because I deal with so much more rejection than Jack. No, she, no. She's so gorgeous. <laughs> she doesn't ever get rejected. No, it's true. It's true. Um, but so dealing with, re- I mean, you know, we, we do, we say a couple of things. Number one, we say, and this is, you know, part of that SPP sex, uh, sex positive movement. Thank you for taking care of yourself. Like when somebody rejects you, the response either in your head or really truly out loud is thank you for taking care of yourself. And that helps remind the person who was rejected that it's not really about me. It's, it's situational or maybe it's a timing issue or, you know, like there's not something wrong with the core of who I am or the core of who you are. It's just that something wasn't needed or warranted by this other person at that particular moment. So, um, to try to not, you know, to try to flip it on its head and say, you know, this, this person who just rejected me was taking care of herself or himself. And, you know, thank you for doing that because we all need to do that to, to make this planet a better, you know, a better place and to have real connection. So, um, so I always try to, you know, try to think to myself, it's not really about me and it's about this other person. Yeah. And it's, um, for me, um, and, and I say this from absolutely a place of being rejected and I, you know, to help men understand, um, how I cope and good ways to cope. And is that piece of, wow, um, gosh, this really feels like I did something wrong. I, this really feels right now, like there's something wrong with me and that component and feeling like that is so, it's just, it's so debilitating. And so, um, how do I self-soothe that? Um, you know, Amy brought up a great way to, to look at it differently so that maybe you don't fall so deeply into the rejection, but if the rejection comes up, looking at it from like, okay, I'm going to need to maybe reach out to a friend right now and maybe tell the story and feel a little bit of, of the soothing around knowing, Hey, yeah, this isn't about me. This was just about whatever behavior or thing that was said. Um, that was not what was wanted. It doesn't mean that it was me that was bad or wrong. Um, and so, you know, I always like to throw that on because I can entrench myself so deeply in, in rejection that at points it can almost feel a little shameful. And as shame is designed, that really can 
block us, shut us down, keep us from ever wanting to move forward into uh, experiences again. Hmm, Thank you for sharing that. Do you Mm -hmm. think, uh, I also, I feel like I've been pushing myself and encouraging the people in my life to confront that discomfort with the person that may have been involved, (laughs) right? So, and, but I wonder, and I guess when I say confront, I mean, you know, expressing and saying, Ooh, I feel really rejected. And I know that maybe it's just my feeling, but, uh, I was wondering if you could explain why you feel that or, and I, I also, I'm running into a lot of things where, um, I, I mean, I understand where it's coming from because I think it's intended to empower women, for example, but that idea of you don't have to explain. And I feel like that's said a lot, but I go, yeah, but isn't it nice to explain so that everyone's on the same page? I don't know. Do you guys have comments on that? I think if you're brave enough to do that, see, go for it. I think that's amazing because I believe that there can definitely be more healing in that for sure. I think, I think that's brave that you do that. That's incredible. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Gold yeah. star. <laughs> Gold star. I don't know. For me, though, I feel like it's taken me so long to learn that no is a complete sentence. And also, yes, like to find my yes, to feel empowered, to both say no and yes without needing to explain. Um, it's just it's it's been such a hard, long road for me to learn that that I don't want to, I don't want to turn people away from that either. Although I totally get you and I totally agree with you that, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of communication, communication in general and finding your voice are, you know, super important, good things. You know, it's what comes up for me is I think there's a fear around maybe a manipulation of explaining. Like I've had conversations with friends about, you know, say there's a, some um, a man in my life who wants our relationship to be something more or um or I'm not interested in having sex with him but he does right and and then and friends will say well you don't have to explain you can say no you know no and the conversation ends and and then usually what follows is if you explain he he's he's going to think he has a chance right this sort of conversation that I feel like a lot of us have probably had and I I get what they mean but I I then I wonder if it's the way that I communicate it which is you know, word choice, which is to say, well, you know, no, I'm not obligated, but like, I feel better because then it's not like spinning in my head when I articulate the issue. Um, you know, I mean, is it not like, Hey, I don't want to have sex with you because whatever, but like sometimes, yes. So I guess, I guess I'm just, I agree that saying no is enough. Um, but then I feel like sometimes I'm not completely resolved when I just say no, like, like I, I feel the need to, say more for my own satisfaction like I'm gonna feel better if you hear me out and um and I think it's remembering to also say hey I'm not here to debate or I'm not trying to argue it I'm just giving you clarity I don't know is that yeah no that's great it makes perfect sense and I and more power to you for um you know honoring what you need that's really about what you feel like you need to keep yourself healthy and happy. And, um, and I think that's a good thing all around. I mean, any relationship is going to be best served by, um, you yourself keeping, you know, keeping yourself happy, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship or, you know, an encounter with somebody in the checkout line at the grocery store, whatever it is, it's all about you making sure that you keep yourself, um, you know, happy and, and honoring what you need. Yeah. You know, oh, yes, yes. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just want to tell you, T, I think really quick, I think that Amy's absolutely right. And I think, again, even being able to be brave to say this is what I need to do in order to feel a little bit better about this. And your boundary is going to come up. You're going to know when, okay, I'm done now. Here's my no. And I'm going to go ahead and exit stage left. You know, <laughs> it's, it is a dance of like taking care of yourself and knowing your boundary. They really are they really are one in the same. Yeah, it uh, reminds me a story of a, a friend who had asked me for advice as well, kind of around this topic of rejection. And he'd been on a date with this woman and he thought, wow, that went really well. And then she, you know, said, no, thanks. And, um, and he was experiencing that, you know, that plaguing of, you know, but why? I thought we had so much fun. And I, I finally said to him, well, what if you wrote a message that said, you know, hey, I've been working on myself and I just am trying to get clarity on what the hurdle is. And hey, I'm completely open to what you have to say. And, you know, you can write it, that kind of, you know, and, and but it would help me to continue self-improving you know, if I had some clarity on that. And, you know, he read me his message and it was so um, sweet. And I think there is a way of approaching a person where it's non-threatening. And I feel like people can forget that. Like they'll, they'll be like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to ask them. And you're like, yeah, but people are afraid that you're not going to receive it well. So I think um, creating a space that allows for someone to explain themselves well also like like that I think is like a stepping back and saying okay I'm gonna do a bird's eye view <laughs> or, or like the same way if you're at a job you know I'd love some analysis on yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I mean yeah I think I think that's great we're talking about you know being lifelong learners and enhancing your skill set and being vulnerable and you know that's exactly what that is that's that's being vulnerable and taking ownership and <laughs> asking for feedback wild animals um yeah and getting back to your oh i don't know if we need to pause should we do you want to pause that's okay we can it's up to you yeah well yeah oh here we'll just i'll cut this part out do you guys need a second to kind of Jackie's at the door. Okay. I, I just noted like where, where that happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a pain for you. No, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so the one thing that we haven't talked about that I want to bring up is just like real, I mean, we've talked about connection and we've talked about, um, uh, you know, feeling your own power and getting connected to your own erotic self, but we haven't talked about erotic skills and I want to make sure that we touch on that. Um, Yes, I was just headed there next. Um, We're actually going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we will definitely dive into the actual erotic skills that are going to make, you know, your lover never forget you. (laughs) Uh, So quickly, we're just talking with Amy Weisfeld and Jackie Meldrum, uh, who run workshops, specifically one coming up called Master Lover Mindset. And, uh, and you can find that information on joyfulselflove.com and also uh, Jackie's site, Making Your Own Bed. Uh, we'll be right back. This is TNA Talk Sex. And we're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T and we are talking with Amy and Jackie um, about the master lover mindset and who doesn't want to be a master? Uh, so 
I wanted to um, hear a little bit more about, okay, yes, how to approach and rejection and all that, but, you know, the actual skill set, like you guys talk about, you know, teaching like the pinup approach, you know, or, um, you know, this idea of like the dominant man type of thing. But are these because they're the most common thing that women want? Or how did you guys decide the basic things that you're teaching? And and what are you teaching? Well, I would definitely say the um, the approach for the agenda mostly comes from desire and wanting to be desired and how to be desirous. Um, making a whole bunch of room for that, really letting, um, giving permission for men to really let their masculine energy um, be really present so that they can uh, take a woman. And when I say take, I'll I'll try to explain what that looks and feels like, Um, really be, um, really be in their masculine, really come to her body with uh, awareness of of their their full arousal awareness of taking her up, you know, making her feel desired, and um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of really the 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 big piece of this. The big premise is the the permission to to have the arousal, the permission to really for everybody to feel desire. Yeah, if I may, I think of. Um, not too long ago where I had a sexual experience where uh, I would say that my lover was very um, focused on me in, in a really exciting way and I was into it, but maybe some of his um, finger technique was a little rough in a way that, you know, the next day I felt it and I kind of thought, oh, there's definitely a way to avoid that. Um, and I think that maybe something like your class helps with that kind of, like you're saying, like handling my body in a way that um, kind of psychologically, I trust you and we're connected. And mostly I really like what you're doing. And so maybe I'm not quick to go, oh, you know, maybe a little gentler here. I don't even realize it. And then I kind of have, I have consequences the next day. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's really talked about a lot, but, um, you know, because the female body is sensitive, but also can handle a lot of impact at the same time. <laughs> yes. So we, I mean, Jackie and I do a fair bit of education, um, both in what we do separately, but also certainly in the workshops around how to get a woman aroused, you know, how to run your fingers along a pussy, how to start with the outer lips, how to say hello and get grounded before kind of moving in, looking for signals, watching for your partner's response to your touch, that sort of thing. You know, is she rising up to meet you? Pay attention to her breathing. Um, if you're not seeing a positive response, check in verbally. So those sorts of things. And then we also talk about, you know, what does the pussy look like when it's when it's engaged and aroused? You know, what does the blood flow do? How does it get engorged? And we look at um, diagrams and we have 3D models and we have a vulva puppet. Um, and then we look at we look at each we look at each other. We use live models. Um, and so there's a fair bit of education around, you know, where is the clitoris? Where is the G spot? Um, you know, how to touch, what to look for, where are those kind of special places? Um, but I, I mean, all of that said, every person is different. So, you know, what I like in terms of being fingered is definitely not what Jackie likes or what you like. Um, and so that, that verbal checking in is super important. Absolutely. What it do, with live models? Do you feel like there's sometimes? What if the live model isn't turned on, or have you ever? You know, is there stage fright? 
Um, well, this is the nice thing about Jackie and I working together. And the reason why I think both of us were not willing to do a, a men's workshop by ourselves, there's, you know, there's safety and empowerment really in us doing it together. Um, and also we look different. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's vulva, everybody's pussy, every, everybody looks a little different. And so we're able to show, um, you know, show what that looks like. Uh, yeah, certainly, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not always hot to trot when we're doing that, you know, that part. And sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. But um, I think it still is beneficial to the men to have that conversation and be able to look and see and talk about it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> sort of, it's so funny because uh, I don't know what I want to say. Hold on. I'm actually going to restart that. <laughs> Just make a note. <laughs> Are you surprised? What's that doing the doing the live? Yeah, is that going to be shocking? No, no, I think it's great. <laughs> I think I'm just sort of like moving on to what's what's my next ask. I sort of lost my thought. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. Wow, I love even just hearing how you all talk about uh, the approach and how to touch the body and everything. And immediately just hearing you, I go, oh, it's so easy. Um, <laughs> but I don't feel like in regular life, you know, we we get this kind of information, I, you know, and it's and it's all there. I mean, did you all what element of it are you crafting yourself versus kind of the philosophies that you have studied under? Um yeah, in, in setting up the workshop. I mean, how did you decide kind of the, what the most important points are? Mm, good question. I, I would say, it's a, well, I'll let you answer that. But for me, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's I definitely bring my own perspective. And Jackie and I, I mean, we work very well together. We kind of we play off of each other. Um, and, and we're such different people. We each bring our own perspectives. So I think that's helpful. Super but, helpful. Um, yeah, I I. I love that we have the differences between us to, um, to help actually, it actually really does balance, um, the piece of how we work together and how we teach. Um, I, I would say that the, um, the, for me, that piece of actually being able to model vulnerability on a every moment basis, that's, that's how I self-soothe myself and, and that's actually how I want to help men learn how to get more of their needs met is to be able to open up that vulnerability piece and so that they can have – and the communication, vulnerability and communication. Those are my two biggest areas, my two strong suits. The, those are the pieces that I'm constantly in, in work of and in service of myself um, in order to, like you said, um, not fall back into those um, the ways that used to be that didn't serve me or that I didn't have fulfillment. Um, and so uh, constantly being on deck with myself and checking in with myself around those two components so that I can be a better coach and I can also be, you know, a fantastic facilitator for, you know, this workshop. Can you guys tell me a little bit about the, the pinup exercise? I'm just intrigued. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because, um, Amy and I, when we uh, started practicing this together, it was so interesting how it did not feel, um, authentic to each of us when we were actually doing the pinup. But when we were in the moment together, um, it was really, really intense and amazing to see the look in our eyes 
as we started to move across the room to come, you know, to that moment of actually being able to uh, push push her up against the wall. Um, there was such an intensity, even in those kind of floppy moments for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we, we get to practice that with our men in these workshops. We get to, the, the premise of it is to that taking piece of it. So we essentially start off a distance apart from each other and one is further up against a wall, not quite there, so that there is the essence of actually being pushed up against the wall. And then holding masculine energy, we're female. So, you know, it's, it, it, it has to come from a deeper place for us. But being able to harness that, that masculine energy, show our men how to harness that masculine energy and actually walk towards us with that sexual um, prowess and um, energy and come up with a full, strong confident push up against our shoulder towards the wall and then being able to actually bring a hand down around the small of our back, pressing up against us when they've got us up against that wall, being able to teach them how to bring their face up to ours, run their face, run their lips down along our neck and our ear in, you know, the musk of our neck and bringing hands in a very sensual way all over our bodies. And then, you know, how do you do that? And in any kind of fluid motion that feels, um, you know, feels confident and that you can stay in your arousal and then help make room for her arousal when you're, when you're taking her in that, that pinup. So you have to fantasize about it first, which is hard for me because I'm not great at fantasizing. <laughs> it's something I, I regularly have to practice. But basically, you're objectifying the person in front of you, whether it's a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about, you know, the places you want to touch or lick or suck and, you know, what, what you want to do and what you, know, what you imagine they want done to them. And then, you know, you walk towards that person with that in mind Um and, and, and try to land, you know, you got to think about where you want to land too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Very important piece. Yeah. <laughs> so again, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And we do a lot of practicing. <laughs> um, so Amy, you're married. Does it, has, do, has your husband done the workshop? What's the, what's the steps to kind of making sure you're a couple is on the same page? Oh, great question. So no, he has not done the workshop, but, um, uh, he definitely has, you know, we've gone through the agenda and I, I certainly practice on him and, and with him and Jackie practices with her boyfriend. And um, I, I think the, the key for married uh, couples in terms of taking the workshop workshop is just for the woman to be on board with it. When, when Jackie and I first started, we received feedback from the men that they didn't have enough information about what was going to be happening in the workshop and that their partners were a little bit uncomfortable and so we've taken, I would say we've taken pains to respond to that feedback. And we have a really a, a sample agenda and a lot of information on the website about exactly what happens. We take pictures with the men at the end so they can, you know, share with their partners who they worked with. Um, so just trying to make sure that the woman knows that this is, this is in service of her. And, um, you know, really, it's about making them stronger as a couple. So... Yeah. yeah. And you guys also host workshops for women as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Jackie and I do that independently. We don't have a joint workshop that we do. Um, I mean, we not to say that we couldn't, but we have been <laughs> asked actually to do couples workshops 
And that's probably a direction we'll go. Absolutely. Nice. Um, Okay. So specifically the, the course that we've been talking about is the master lover mindset, which is for men. And that can be found on the joyful self-love website, correct? Correct. Yeah. And our next workshop is uh, April 22nd. We, uh, we cap it at eight men. So if anybody out there listening wants to sign up, I would say do it soon. And, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's pretty well priced. It's 425 if you register before March 22nd and then 525 after. Okay. And it's based in, it's, oh, it's only one day and it's in, I know Uh, Vancouver, Washington, Vancouver. Thank you. So, so someone could make a holiday trip of it, uh, or hopefully is located there already. Um, yeah. And then, but also if women are interested in, in finding out more about some workshops you guys have as well, uh, they can find them on both sites. Yes, correct. And and what kind of classes do you guys offer individually on, on both, um, making your own bed and joyful self-love? Well, I'm actually working on, I, I love to work with couples. I love the, um, gosh, I love the breakthrough. I love the challenge. Um, and so. Sorry, was, and we're talking with Jackie. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. Of making your own bed. Yeah, you got it. And um, a big piece of what I really like to focus on, a niche market that I like to focus on is uh, couples that are in open relationships or trying to navigate becoming an open relationship. And so workshops that I'll start to begin to host will involve how to navigate bringing that into your lives, how to, to, um, how to stay connected, how to check in with each other, how to maintain boundaries, um, how to actually have conversations with, uh, potential partners, how to flirt, uh, tough discussions around STDs and you know, uh, logistics, around where activities may take place. Um, And so those workshops, uh, those are typically actually held at at my home-based location, my home office. Um, And I also am looking to host those workshops at some of the uh, sex clubs here in the Portland area. Nice. And, uh, And Amy, did you have anything you want to talk about with for your classes as well? Yeah, so the body sex workshops, um, I try to offer quarterly, and they're for women only. I cap them at 10. Uh, It's really about, um, again, you know, ditching body shame, embracing pleasure. Uh, There's a power, T, to being just in sisterhood. So it's it's a circle of women all interested in um, exploring their authentic selves and harnessing their sexual energy and in sharing information on their bodies, their orgasms, themselves, um, super, super powerful. And as I said, Betty Dodson, who is just amazing at 87 years old, has been doing this for a long time. Um, and, and they're super effective at just liberating yourself to walk through life in a, in a passionate way with confidence and, um, and really embrace life. I mean, you guys um, had a podcast not too long ago on, um, pole work, right? On the yes. work. And, uh, you know, being brave enough to do something like that, take a class like that, invest in yourself. That's really, I feel like what the, uh, body sex workshops, um, empower you and encourage you to do. Cool. Thanks guys. All right. Well, um, we've been talking with Amy Weisfeld and Jackie, um, 
sorry, Jackie, Jackie Meldrum, uh, <laughs> um, who uh, hosts this workshop, Master Lover Mindset, um, which you can find on the website, joyfulselflove.com. Uh, and you can also find more about women's workshops at makingyourownbed.com. You all are Vancouver-based, uh, so classes are there, but not to say anyone can't travel or uh, maybe even reach out to you all for advice, that kind of thing. Um, you can find contact information on their sites. And, um, and of course, you've been listening to TNA Talk Sex. Uh, you can find us on social media at TA Talk Sex. Uh, we're also on Love TV. We have videos on there um, called In Bed With, where we interview our guests and funny, funny little quick questions. And, um, and also Stephanie, my co-host, A, of the TNA duo, who's, who's in Europe right now. If you guys go on social media, you can follow her activities. Uh, she has a sensual massage video that can really help you all um, connect with your partners more. And that you can find at stephanieallen.com forward slash massage. Um, all right. You guys have been listening to episode 133, Because Sex Isn't Ever Just About Sex. Until next time, and don't forget to plan ahead for those you love on Valentine's Day. 